Hey, thank you so much for making the time and taking the time to tune in, listen in as uh, we try to provide resources for you that will encourage your heart and uh, just give you knowledge about how good our God is. My name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, hopeforvermont.org. We believe people's stories matter, and one with a great story is Reverend Keith Loy. Keith, welcome in. Uh, thank you. Good to be here. So I want to ask, first of all, and I've followed you on Facebook and uh, some of your social media postings, you have some sports balls behind you. It looks like mostly basketballs, which I love. Talk a little bit about your perspective, how God can use a piece of leather filled with air for his glory. Well, actually, if I could, if I actually could turn my camera in front of me, I've got about uh, almost 75 footballs from the NCAA to to NAIA to the NFL, but you know, I grew, I, I played sports growing up. I mean, I love sports. Uh, it was just a part of my life. It's in my DNA, and still today, uh, uh, I, I love to officiate uh, football games. Uh, love going, love, love watching playing. But one of the things for me is uh, the balls and stuff that you see is that. I, I just think that in sports there's so much leadership potential that you have you have an opportunity to learn from, and so I love meeting coaches. I love meeting players who I might deem as someone who is a, a success, and so love to sit down with them and and have a conversation about why they do what they do, uh, how they do, uh, what are what are the principles that guide you. Um, and so one of the things I did over time is is I'd always have a ball for them to sign, and a, a lot of it was just for the sheer fact of uh, I'm not a I'm not a celebrity person. Um, I'm never really wowed by that. I've I've always said there's one celebrity. His name is Jesus, and uh, uh, everybody needs him, right? So, but um, a lot of it was just conversation piece. Uh, so many people I work with, uh, sports are such a huge industry. And so many people follow it. So having these balls and different things like that creates a conversation and begins to open a door. So a lot, lot of little connection points, a lot of, a lot of reasons for that. And uh, you are the pastor at Celebrate Church at Celebrate Church um, right here, Celebrate.Church. And I had the privilege of meeting you a few years ago now in Boston, as at the time it was our district superintendent. Uh, Paul James brought you to Boston just to vision cast and pray and see what God might be leading us uh, to be a part of as the district. And I got to meet you and I was very encouraged by who you are and what God's opened the door for you to do. Now, I understand that you were born in Michigan. Were you born into a Christian home, a family that really loved Jesus? Or is that something you grew into? No, I'm, I'm actually very, very... Uh very blessed in a lot of ways. My dad was a pastor, uh, both my grandfather's a pastor, and then on one side of the family, even a great-grandfather. And so a lot of lineage and uh, grew up uh, in the United Methodist Church, but uh, very much the Wesleyan wing of the Methodist Church. And so I just was blessed. Uh, I was telling someone just the other day that I don't know what it's like to have like a um, you know, where your parents give you money, uh, you know, in the sense of uh, an allowance, we had to earn it. And the way we earned it was we had to memorize scripture. And so uh, even at an early age, my dad uh, was real, really significant in my life of just uh, being in the word. And so 
I, w- I was just very, very blessed. In fact, my dad, even today, he's 83, uh, retired from ministry to some uh, degree, but he's actually just last year went back to school at 82 to get his doctorate. Um, he always said, uh, the moment you stop learning is the moment you start dying, whether it's physically or spiritually. And he just truly has modeled that and has always been a mentor in my life. So very, very blessed. So this last year, year and a half, two years, whatever it's been, has certainly been trying on everyone. And for yourself, Celebrate.Church, uh, you've seen God grow the church and really do miraculous things, but you've also seen a difficult time. And I just want to bring up a uh, name, Todd Bolsinger, who just spoke at uh, your church. People could see on your YouTube channel um, just some of his influence. He's written Canoeing the Mountains and Tempered Resilience. Can you just talk the importance for you to have mentors that you've been able to learn from, especially over the past two years? That's a great, great question, Jeff. Um, I, I, again, my dad, uh, that, that line I want to come back to, the moment you stop learning is the moment you start dying, whether it's physically or spiritually. And my dad has always been a model for me of having uh, people wrapped around you. And it's not just any people, it's who are those people. And in growing up, one of the things that I've kind of coined is when I walk into a room, uh, especially the last, I'd say, 15 years of my life is always asking the question, who's in the room and why are they in the room? And uh, I'm always trying to be make sure I'm in a room where there's somebody that, even though there's a lot of people, of course, in the position I am, people pulling from me, I want to make sure I'm pulling from them. And so I've been very, very strategic about bringing people in my life. And, and some of them have been in, in my life for a long time, like Dr. Joanne Lyon uh, is a big time mentor. Uh, she's actually going to be in town this evening. Um, she's been a big part of my life, but there's been strategic people that for a season, um, I really felt God positioned them uh, to be in my life for such a time. And one of those is, is Todd. Uh, before, you know, it was interesting. Someone gave me the book, Canoeing the Mountains. And when uh, when COVID happened, it was such a prophetic book for me, thinking about what we're facing and what, what's before us. I mean, it's just like Lewis and Clark. That's what the, the book is based on, um, about when they got to the mountains at the end of the river, uh, they, they assumed they would get to the other, you know, go up over the mountains. And on the other side was another river and they'd get in it and go down. Uh, but it wasn't. It was just a landscape of mountains, and they had to decide, do we get back in the canoes and go back down river, or do we pick up our canoes, if you will, and we begin to go through these mountains? And I really feel that was a moment for us as a church. You know, uh, This wasn't a surprise to God, and so I wasn't going to allow COVID to be a distraction, but these are new mountains. We've got a, we've got a canoe, and Todd, so I, I called up Todd and asked him if that if he would mentor me and so for this last year um it's just been for a year it was a very significant time of helping us walk through this new landscape that's before us and so uh, very just a very gifted person it was very helpful for me and so that's just kind of been the story of my life of having people around me uh, that i'm always pulling from and always gleaning and, and, and people that I can ask deep, deep questions who are safe, secure, but uh, can provide feedback that maybe I don't have. 
Oh, it's so positive and uh, it's needed. And that's something for myself that I've tried to learn. And after meeting you, I've been listening to your podcast and Sunday sermons, which I got to uh, meet through the podcast, Justin Ingalls. And he shared about how his father passed away three years ago. Then there's a tragedy of his grandson. And then just last year, the tragedy of his own son. And when you shared his story, I was impressed. I don't know if that's the right word, but just you're sharing other people's stories of where God is working, but people can connect to build the ministry. Can you just share where that comes from? Well, everybody has a story, right, Jeff? Every one of us have a story, and they're God stories. They're absolute God stories. And God wants to leverage that. I, I don't, I, I'm not into this redemptive idea that that yes, the past is forgiven, but the past shouldn't go away. Uh, God's going to use that for an unbelievable, um, for an unbelievable touch in someone else's life. And and using someone like Justin, uh, here's a guy who's been highly successful in the agricultural world, uh, travels internationally, um, and 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 he sat down with me. And when we began to walk through, you know. Uh, the events of what he had to face and the loss of a grandchild and then his own son. Um, we know that God's working in his life. Yep. And and that's what he began to, to, to talk with me about. And I remember sitting at a Perkins um, on a breakfast and I said, you know, Justin, we need to share this to the world, the world in which I work. And uh, because there's people out there that need to hear your story there, they might be stuck. They might be uh, really having a difficult time. And, and it was amazing because after that, you know, here's Justin sharing his story. His phone, I love what he said, my phone lit up. My emails lit up. People started reaching out. And now he is spending unbelievable time in breakfast, lunch, being at people's houses, uh, just be able to walk with them. And so I love that. I think it's one of those things we have to do. Everybody has a story. And and people need to hear that story because that's that's who they are. It's a big chunk of who they are in Christ. And so I, that's one of my favorite things is, is leveraging those. Uh, pastor Keith, Keith Loy, uh, pastor of Celebrate.Church, how do you find the balance between leading, being the lead pastor, but also balancing that out to uh, giving opportunity for others to lead? That's something for myself. I call myself a young leader, which I really am not anymore. I mean, I guess it's all relative. But I still fight trying to be so far ahead that the people I'm trying to lead, they can't see the vision that I'm seeing. How do you find that balance? You know, it's interesting right now, you know, we're in a brand new season here at the church that I'm at. And one of the things I felt like God shared with me this summer was um, to keep my hands in, in my pockets. And and I actually try to posture that now uh, in quite a bit of things that I do. I actually stand in the room with my hands in my pockets. You know, we've got this idea that, and we were taught this in leadership, that that as a pastor, I cast vision to the congregation, to the leadership, and and they'll they'll carry that vision out. And of course, what as we're going down the road, sometimes people will get off course, right? And as a leader, our job is to put them back on course. And I felt like God told me this summer. He said, He said, "Hold on, Keith. Who's to say they're off course?" Hmm. Maybe this is the new direction that I want to start going. And so I've really been working hard on the fact that, God, where where am I 
having to look at myself, where am I um, leading in a, in a healthy way and where am I trying to control? And so I have found God just telling me, keep your hands in your pockets and, and allowing, especially this next generation opportunity. And, um, you know, too often when I look back at the church for us, COVID was a significant part of our journey. It was a, it was a moment of change for us that was desperately, we felt needed for us individually as a church. And um, in the last year and a half, I've done everything I can right now to try to, first of all, keep, keep myself on my knees before God. I get up every morning and I spend, um, I, I go on what I call a prayer walk before I do anything. I just, God and I, uh, we just go out and we just start walking in the early morning, watching the sunrise. And I just want to make sure I'm I'm communing here before I even think about going here to the people and to my leaders. And so, but in that time, I, I just felt this is a great moment because the church so much is a pyramid. I mean, I want to be careful I say this. I'm not trying to be negative or indicting to any other church leadership, but too often it's the senior pastor and then the senior pastor pushes down, if you will, this vision that God's gave and then pushing it out. And we just felt that this was a moment in time we need to flip it, where my job is to not push it down, but to push up and out and give opportunity um, for people to dream and for people to have opportunity that I had. And are they going to make mistakes? Um are they going to mess things up? Um, that's the story of my life in uh, the way that I learned. But I'm just right now in, in my world of really trying to keep my hands in my pocket and blow wind in their sails. And it's just been an exciting year and a half for us of watching young people, especially young people, rise up and say, hey, I, I want to do what you're doing, but but I might do it a little different. We're like, OK, that's OK but for the kingdom of God. And it's messy. You know, Kevin Meyer says it this way. Every movement of God is messy. And the moment we try to manage it, we institutionalize it and we take God out of the movement. And so we're, we're just okay playing in the mud right now, playing in the mess and, and watching God do something spectacular. And, and we're just, it's a beautiful season for us right now. How long have you been at Celebrate? 22 years. So is that a, was that a church plant or how did that all begin for you, your journey in Sioux Falls? It was a church plant. Um, in 1998, um, I uh, was speaking up in North Dakota and I met someone by the name of Mark Gorvet. And Mark was pastoring a church and uh, I was speaking at that church and he invited me to join his team. And that's a, that's a whole nother story. But the bottom line is it was a God moment and God brought me out of the United Methodist church. I was actually a youth pastor with my father and I wanted to go back and do some schooling. And so ended up uh, joining his team in 98 and starting school up in Canada at Briarcrest Biblical Seminary. And, uh, in that time period, Mark took a district superintendent job in Wisconsin, and my district superintendent at the time was Isaac Smith, and and he he asked if I would be willing to plant a church, and uh, how God brought us to Sioux Falls was just miraculous. And I mean, I you know I love to say Jeff, uh, I mean I had no idea what I was doing. I really thought I'd be in youth ministries all my life, uh, but 
Uh, and some people today might still say, uh, you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> but uh, but 22 years later, and here we are, and I'm just so, so grateful. What kept you at Celebrate for 22 years? And before you answer, and I don't mean to be rude about it, but was it the fact that you didn't think or feel like you could find a better quote opportunity? Or was it because you felt you put so much blood, sweat, time, and tears that you wanted to see it followed through? You know, I appreciate that. Uh, um, I think those are really fair and valid. I personally, I, I think for me, um, there's probably, you know, there's probably a lace of some of that somewhere in it. Uh, just from the sheer fact of uh, the humanity uh, that I that I share, that all of us do. But I really believe that I'm still here because of God's um, significant call. Uh, there's definitely moments where you're frustrated, you feel like you know you failed, um, and your natural tendency is want maybe want to run. Uh, there's some of that, but all through it all, again, back to the previous uh, couple questions, having right people around you, people that that you can vent with, people that you can share in those moments, uh, who will walk with you in such a way that um, they sense something different. And, and they also challenge you. Uh, I remember several times where I've called Joanne and uh, years ago uh, in our early years of, of her mentoring. And I, I'd tell her, you know, I, I think my time is done. And she would, she would never criticize. She would never, but she would press back and say, talk to me. What, what's going on? And when I would sort through it, I realized I was in running mode. I was hurting and the idea of something new just felt good at the moment. But I really believe I'm still here because this is exactly where God wants me to be. And, and it goes back to something that I think God used in our story in my past. Growing up as a United Methodist kid, anybody knows the United Methodist tradition, pastors move a lot. And I had moved a lot in my, in my you know, growing up years. Uh, we lived in, I was born in Michigan. I moved to Nebraska when I was five and I'd already lived in four different parsonages. Wow. And so it was very common in the United Methodist Church. So when I actually decided I'd plant this church, I said something that was very prophetic and it would always keep coming up that Joanne would bring it back to me. And so would my district superintendent, Isaac Smith. I told them when I, if this church plant works, I'd like to stay here all my life. And they would bring me back to that. And I knew why. I, I wanted my kids, um, wrong or right, I just wanted my kids to have a place that they could call home, place that they would grow. Um, they would start school and end school. And uh, we, have, we have been privileged to be able to do that. Um, our last child is 11. And uh, she's uh, in a Christian school in town. And she's just got great friends. And we really love having this stability of a church family, of being um, with people that we've had great victories, we've had great failures with, but we're doing life together. And it's just been a glorious journey. And we feel like right now we're just starting um, all of that we that God has allowed us to be a part of. We feel like right now we're just starting to move into a season of watching the real harvest of it. So. Awesome. So good and uh, so important. Um, how long have you had 
media uh, a part of what you've done? And again, I'm going to bring up your YouTube uh, page, but was that something that came natural with COVID or how did you add to even pivot with such a good resume of being able to do such a good job with media? Well, as you know, when COVID, when COVID came in, um, obviously we postured ourselves to believe that this is a time that we need to really be um, team players. Now, let me explain that, that I didn't think this was a moment to, for the church to say, hey, we're going to buck what everybody's asking to do. We're the church. And, and we had people in our church that felt that we were wrong in that. We had other people that felt we were right. Um, but we we call I called my mayor, who's a friend of mine, and I said, um, I think this is a time for us to really uh, show our community we're, we're one. We're one with you. You're our leader. What would you like us to do? And, of course, he, he said, I'd like you to not meet uh, with people more than 25. And yeah. we knew that meant uh, we're not having church. In, the, in our normal, typical fashion. And so, but we still believe that the church doors, even though physically they were closed, the church never closed because the church is right here. It's wherever I am, it's in my heart, but we still needed to touch our people. And so we had to start asking um, all kinds of questions of how are we gonna do this and do it well? And so we, we called some people that we knew out in California that uh, have been a part of um, church television, uh, have helped build programs like that. Uh, they do a lot with social media. We actually flew them in. We were able to do that. They were very helpful and strategic in that. But we we did something that um, I, I I really would love to 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 say. I I'm not real hip on. Um, I I don't think like what we're doing right now. I don't think is the full expression of what it means to be in community. This is a beautiful thing that we get to do and what you're doing. I, I just applaud you. Um, it's wonderful. But we I really believe that God intended the church that we breathe the same air and um, we touch and we have that. But COVID made us rethink things and, and it forced us to uh, to kind of really be challenged. And so we uh, we we went on television as well. We decided we've got to make sure we keep ourselves before our people because there's a lot of fear. There's people that are very isolated. I mean, our world has definitely changed. And what we knew about church isn't going to ever go back, uh, at least in my lifetime, to what we knew. And and I felt that and sensed that. And I was hearing that from other leaders that I was talking with. But but I say this because I, I love this. I'm not sure how long we'll stay on, quote, television. But here's something I want everybody to hear. For Easter, when we went to television, you know, COVID happened in, in March, a uh, year and a half ago. And in Easter, we had over 42,000 people who were watching on Easter just on our television. Now, here's what that told me. I wept, not because of the numbers. I'm not saying that for to go, wow, that's, it's not about that at all. What that showed me was this. Regardless of the pandemic and regardless of the state of the evangelical church, how people view it, people still are looking for truth. For them to, to turn on a television, to, to tune in and then reach out to us. I mean, it just tells me people are still hungry. And I want pastors to hear that. People are still hungry for the message of the gospel, for the truth of God's word. And this to me is... 
whatever you're looking at the pandemic, this is this is a moment of time that I think the church has the greatest of opportunity may we've ever had because people are looking for truth. And if the church can can see that and realize that, um, what a time to lift up the name of Jesus. And if we all know the old adage, uh, light shines best in darkness. And what a time to lift up the light. And I was reminded too, as we just remembered or celebrated those lost at 9-11, how that time really brought people together and really uh, helped them find that there was purpose in life. Mm. And I think COVID is a reminder that God's spirit is present everywhere. And as followers of Jesus, we just lead them to him. But there is something different about gathering together. I was a part of a pastor's meeting and they had live music, which unfortunately we have not had at our local church for some time and there was just something about singing together in a room the praises of god and just uh, how nourishing that was on that note my question for you is personal reflection and discipleship your quote devotions you mentioned going for a walk but how intentional do you have to be to spend that time with jesus for the sake that you're his son, let alone you have to prepare a sermon or do some sort of ministry or prepare your leaders, all of that. Boy, Jeff, I think I love what you just said. I think you're so right on it. First and foremost, I am not a pastor. I am a child of God. And I want to be with my daddy. Um, you know, I think about uh, my 11-year-old. Uh, one of our favorite things to do is go to Disney World and she loves uh, being with her daddy. Uh, and and I, I think about how much more. I love that. I love those words. And she's now 11. So um, she doesn't use the word daddy uh, is like she used to. I loved coming home and I'd hear those words. And, um, you know, now it's dad. And, uh, and so, but how much more does God want to hear that? And so I have to keep, continue to remind myself. And that's what my prayer walk really is every morning. It's not about praying and asking God for wisdom and guidance as a pastor. The first and foremost thing that we do is, is I'm just with my dad and I want to talk with my dad. Uh, my identity uh, is not that I'm a pastor and, and it's, it's I'm his child. And so I have to continue to think about that because it's so easy in ministry to let the ministry define you. It's so easy to let the title, but that is not that is not my biblical defining moment. It's it's I'm a child. So, getting out and spending time with Dad, uh, I don't care how long it is. Uh, I make sure that I'm very uh, in my my calendar, and I, my assistant knows this that uh, I've got to leave a lot of, a lot of margin in there because God loves spending time with His kids. And I want to be that kid that loves spending time with his dad. Oh, so good. Keith Allen Loy on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Keith Allen Loy, pastor at Celebrate Church, celebrate.church. And um, sometimes people will say, well, Jeff, you're a pastor. You're supposed to believe that. But recently, as you might be aware, my wife just finished her 12th chemotherapy treatment for stage four colon cancer. And so we've been able to say, yes, we believe it, but now we've actually put that faith into practice. And I know for your family, you've had times where you've really had to live out that faith. How important is it that we go through those trials, simply believing that Jesus is in control 
when we don't know which side is up some days. Wow, I think you're the guy to speak to that right now, Jeff. Wow. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm just wow. And yet, you know, back to what I, and I think that you, you're a living expression of that. Um, if I let my, my, what I do define me, uh, it, I think, I think it can easily get me into trouble if I'm not careful. You said it, people would expect that. But, but when I, when I come to, to a, being a pastor, when I come to what I do first and foremost, as a child of God, um, it kind of evens the playing field for me to the congregation because God, God doesn't love me more than he loves the people in the church. And God doesn't expect, I think there's some things definitely in my calling to much is given, much is required. But, but I think that's for anyone that, that lifts up the name of Christ. And so for me, um, walking with God, I fully believe this. If I start with that, I'm a child and I stay there. I, I really believe when I'm going through those valleys, um, I'm a, I'm in tune to the fact because I literally, if I could say it this way, I'm trained to the fact of always be holding on to my daddy's hand. So whatever I'm facing, I know I'm never alone. So I don't I don't want to have a relationship with God that I run to in a crisis. I want a relationship with God because He's the Christ, and and I walk and talk with Him regardless of what I go through. And so uh, we all know that this side of heaven, there's 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 just ugly, there's just ugly. But praise God, one, it's temporary. But number two is we're never alone. We're never alone, and it's okay to grieve. It's okay to hurt. It's it's even okay to doubt and question. You know, David did that, but David David always kept running to God. He knew who his daddy was, and so. Um, but Jeff, but Jeff, I got to tell you. Um, I uh, I did not know that, and uh, you have now another prayer warrior, right here, and uh, love you, my friend, and proud of you. Well, thank you. And uh, a couple questions, then we'll get you out. And you've been so uh, gracious with your time. Um, I know here in Vermont, there's only two Wesleyan churches. We only have two Wesleyan churches, and. Uh, half our congregation doesn't even know what a Wesleyan is. So we're trying to convince them that we want to be like Jesus and Jesus loved people. So let's love one another by his uh, sacrifice and through his word. But uh, for you, the Wesleyan denomination, you said you grew up in the United Methodist. Why have you, quote, stuck to or stuck with the Wesleyans so long? Wow. I, 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 I love the Wesleyan church. Um I mean, like any denomination, uh, we can have anything in life. You can always go, you'll find what you're looking for. But I think back to my dad, again, bringing up my father, my dad could see the writing on the, in, on the wall in the United Methodist Church. Uh, being in the state of Nebraska, uh, a lot of liberal things were, were rising. And my dad knew, um, I didn't know this, he didn't tell me this, but he was praying for God to open a door in a different denomination. So when Mark Orvet, I had Mark call him. And when I talked to my dad after that phone call, he said, take the job, don't look back. This is an answer to my prayer. And I didn't even know he was praying about that. And and I am so grateful. I, I have gotten to do what I do because of the Wesleyan Church. 
um, the autonomy that they allow. Uh, my, I've been blessed, my district superintendent, Isaac Smith, now his son, Wes Smith. Um, they are, they've been incredible cheerleaders for what we do and how we do it. Uh, they've given us a lot of latitude. There's been a lot of, uh, they, they've, they've stood up and deflected things that needed to be deflected. But I, I'm very grateful to be a Westland. I'm very honored. Um, I love the direction it's going. I love the fact that lost people matter and we don't get away from that. And uh, we're about holiness. Um, I, I'm just very blessed. I mean, there's, there's never been a part of me ever uh, that's ever thought about going rogue, if you will, um, or I'm going to jump ship. Why would I do that? You know, um, I, I don't think I would say it this way. Any denomination you become a part of. And I think denominations are great, especially in our world today, that we that we are connected. Uh, we're not out there isolated. But you go to any other denomination. I don't know one other denomination that is is in a better place. Um, and, you, you know, my goodness, it's like marriage. Um, you know, I'm not going to marry the perfect person. My job is to try to become that person. Um, I've been blessed to be married for 32 years, but uh, isn't looking for the grass is greener. The grass is greener where you water it. Right. And right. Uh, I think I think the Wesleyan Church is the lawn that's worth watering, and I'm blessed in that. And so, um, very grateful. So, any of our leadership see this? Thanks. And again, it's uh, Keith Lloyd, pastor at uh, Celebrate Church, lead pastor there in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You can follow him on Instagram or Twitter at Keith Allen Lloyd. And uh, hopefully, a fun question as we get you out. I am not musical. I love music, but I cannot sing. I tried playing the guitar and I could get the calluses, but I could not strum the chords on beat or have correct timing. Whenever you put out a video, or most time it seems whenever you put out a video, you are singing. Where did that love for music come from? Is that a talent you had to develop? Or is this just kind of a side, side hobby that you're good at? You know, when I was... Uh, um when I, when I was growing up in the United Methodist Church, um, I uh, I had a youth pastor that one day um, he was at the church playing the piano. Um, and I, I sat down with him and asked him to kind of what he was doing. And he began to show me and it just started jumping off the keys at me. I didn't even know it was there. Uh, I grew up as kind of playing some drums a little bit. But uh, and then my brother, I have an older brother who took some guitar lessons and he brought his guitar home and he was taking it from the same youth pastor and he couldn't get it. And he handed me the guitar and it just started coming easy for me. And so he said, I'll tell you what, I'll finish paying for the lessons. If you'll take them, I quit. So I, uh, I just fell in love with music. And so when I became a youth pastor myself, um, it, it became one of those things where I actually started doing some um, like touring a little bit, playing in churches, singing, uh, being a part of different things. Um, I love music. Uh, didn't even know it was in, in me until my freshman year in high school. But so being a part, it was really a wonderful thing in planning the church because I was able to, you know, lead worship. We didn't have to go looking for that. And then uh, it was able to gather. But, you know, for a while there, I didn't get to play as much. You know, the church was growing. But as we look into this next chapter, this next season, I talked to our worship leader, the guy who leads our music here, and I just said, man, I'd love to play as much as you'll let me. So right now I get to be a part of the team, and and so it's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, we actually had my parents uh, sang a special. When we were, a, well, I mean, we're all a small church, but when we were a family church of 17 people, of which 13 of us were related, my parents sang every single Sunday. But as of late, uh, they don't have that much opportunity, but um, they did sing. My dad's 84, and my mom is younger than him. Wow. And it was just a blessing for the congregation to hear what I would say, two saints of the congregation singing and just being refreshed by music. And uh, that's so special and a gift. Uh, I wish I had. I make a joyful noise. It's just not on tune. So, um, <laughs> Pastor Keith, thank you so much for making the time. I'd love to have you back on and talk more specifically about Celebrate, Celebrate.Church. But uh, for this time, thank you for sharing your stories and especially the importance of being God's son and relying on the Father. Thank you so much. I'm honored. Thank you, Jeff. And again, that's uh, Pastor Keith Loy, Celebrate.Church on uh, social media. It's Keith Allen Loy, and we are part of the Wesleyan denomination, wesleyan.org. If you want more information, just uh, check on there. My name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, hopeforvermont.org. We want to be like Jesus, and he's for you, so let's be for one another. Thanks all.